DiscerningHearts.com presents Inside the Pages, Insights from Today's Most Compelling Authors. I'm your host, Chris McGregor, and I'm delighted to be joined by Scott Wieman, who is the founder and executive director of Catholic in Recovery, a nonprofit organization that seeks to help those suffering with addictions. He has appeared on EWTN's The Journey Home, as well as Christopher Closeup and Catholic Answers. His work has been featured in Altea and Pathios. With Scott Weeman, we go inside the pages of The Twelve Steps and the Sacraments, A Catholic Journey Through Recovery, published by Ave Maria Press. Scott, thank you so much for joining me. You're welcome, Chris. It's a pleasure joining you. This is such an important work, The Twelve Steps and the Sacraments, A Catholic Journey Through Recovery. It is a very intimate a sharing of your own personal story, but I think it's one that it's it just seems to be more important today than ever before. Have you found that to be true? Yeah, I, I mean it's it's more important for me today than it has been before too. And um, yeah, finding that especially in times where um, there is a large looming crisis around us, a perceived crisis, that can do some things to really mm, stimulate some internal crisis. It can also be, um, it can be handled and hopefully peacefully just discerned through um, by using some spiritual tools. And I found it helpful um, having the experience in 12-step recovery and a a faith life that's rooted in the sacraments to um, navigate through some of these uncertain times. And um, yes, the, you know, especially having gone through early recovery and gone through the process of getting sober in the past before. Um, I'm I'm really looking at a lot of those tools that first helped me get to a place of peace and serenity. Well, we'll talk more about the contents of the book in just a moment, but I think I should let folks know that you are the founder and executive director of Catholic in Recovery. It's a nonprofit organization that seeks to help those who are suffering with addictions. And you're you're based out of San Diego, and right now your state, as well as the rest of the country, is probably going through one of the most stressful periods probably not only in our history of our country and of your state, but also just for most of us as individuals, we've never gone through something quite as traumatic as what we're experiencing right now. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's, and I think that the word powerless is um, one of the first that comes to mind as I think about what we're all going through in the midst of this pandemic. There's a, it's a very invisible um, disease that we're fighting. And um, and it can manifest itself in all sorts of different ways and, and have effects on us that um, would be different from person to person. But especially when we look at um, the effects of isolation and we combine those two things, that um, that feeling of powerlessness and almost a feeling of impending doom in some ways, and combine that with isolation, and that, that creates a recipe for, um, for a lot of challenges for people, and especially people that struggle with Addictions, compulsive behaviors, or un- other unhealthy attachments um, can be an incredibly challenging time. And so, you know, we look to what are some of the what are some of the answers to that? And twelve step fellowship for those in in recovery or those needing addiction recovery fellowship in any fashion, um, which helps us get us out of whatever self centered thinking we may have. And that self centered thinking can make it can be quite um, cunning in the way that it manifests itself in our in our lives as well. Yes, we've been working very hard with Catholic in Recovery to provide hope, really, is, is what we're looking for, is that, that hope 
through powerlessness, which is very similar to the journey that we take in our own personal um, adventures through addiction recovery. You know, we enter into uh, we enter into this fellowship with uh, you know in the midst of this um, clear powerlessness that we're in the midst of, and and what we need is hope and to get out of the isolation that's that's fueled that powerlessness and so you know we can when we in in this current state of affairs can align ourselves with people who give us hope or we can even share the hope that we've that we've encountered ourselves um i think that that's that puts us in a good position to just one at a time um you know handle whatever might come our way it is difficult enough to recover from addiction addiction and and of course you know it comes in so many different forms but to recover during normal times it will quote unquote normal because we know that there's no such thing as truly normal but in a in a period where there's a relative uh, certainty to try to maintain that recovery during extraordinarily stressful periods can be quite uh, a quite a challenge can it yes it can and yeah, you're absolutely right. Recovery in and of itself, in, in normal conditions, whatever that looks like, is not an easy thing. It's, it's really challenging. And add to the fact isolation or even, I think, you know, we look for reasons to, to not have to change in some ways. And, and so when we look at what are the forces that we're up against when we're battling addiction, we're looking at shame, we're looking at fear, and, and denial. I would say denial slash secrecy um, and, and and it's easy for us to justify our our own use our own behavior especially when there's external forces that can make it seem like we might be um the victim of something and so yes i can imagine that there are many a alcoholic addict of any kind who are making justifications during this period of time that well you know the world around me is it's is doing me wrong um my best solution or maybe the only tool or the only um, really, response that I know is to hide in my drinking and my drug use and my compulsive eating and by looking at pornography, all the facets of the way that addiction manifests itself. When you're the seemingly trapped in a place where you're told to stay, particularly when there's an order from the state or something like that, that feeling of wanting to run towards something becomes even stronger. And that's why there's a great concern that people who have been able to enter into a type of recovery could feel that compulsion and have to run to something and they'll run to that addiction again. Because in the past, maybe it felt like a place to escape. Is that a fair statement? Yeah, I absolutely um, believe that. And I think, you know, one thing that we should note is that the presence of an addiction in one's life is not a moral referendum of their of their character mm-hmm. and and so that's you know oftentimes these addictions are just a set of they begin as coping tools to deal with um, whatever challenges may exist now does that justify does that justify that no um, they're oftentimes really poor coping skills but you know they may serve a purpose for the moment and then have long-term consequences and effects where um, we rely on those coping tools even when they're not necessary and even when they're not effective any longer. And so, um, yes, the person who is, um, yes, just hiding, running, you know, we, it, it, when, when we feel this sense of powerlessness around us, which is something that the active addict feels all the time, 
Um, we do these weird things that create this small sense of control in our lives. And so acting out in, in our addictive behaviors, whatever that might look like, as a means to try to get rid of this feeling of anxiety, this feeling of impending doom around us. Um, of course, it's not a very effective way to, to handle it, but it's it's the only response. And so I really appreciate the way that you describe that as just running from something. We, we're constantly running away from this, really probably what is the truth, running from reality, running away from honesty. And therefore, the program of recovery needs to be rooted in that in honesty and in, in taking a look and and so we begin at step one, which says that we admit that we are powerless over whatever the addiction is. Sorry about that. Our that. lives have become unmanageable. That's okay. Okay. Um, but, go ahead. Yeah. So, so that's why we start at step one, which, um, which details that we admit that we are powerless over alcohol or addiction or whatever other compulsive behavior there might be, that our lives have become unmanageable. And so that first step really really calls us to take an honest inventory of the consequences of our behaviors, the consequences of our actions on our emotional state, on our physical state, on the relationships around us, on, on our goals and dreams. And, and if we have the capability to be honest, and often this is helped by the accompanying support of someone who's been through the steps before as well, um, that can really just shred through these old behaviors, the old that um again, are no longer serving us, but really just creating problems in our lives. We're talking with Scott Weeman about his book, The Twelve Steps and the Sacraments, A Catholic Journey Through Recovery. And what I love so much about the book, Scott, as you have begun to demonstrate for us, is that you do connect these with our Catholic spirituality, that if you're going to run, if you feel that feeling, that you got to go towards something because you're in isolation, you got to believe that you're not alone. You're not alone, in, especially in your faith. And it, it's difficult right now, isn't it, Scott? Because so many, they may not be able to go to their, their parish. They might not be able to go into the church and pray before the Blessed Sacrament like they had before, or maybe even feel the freedom to, to be able to run and go to confession at the time they mm-hmm. need it the most. The truth is, as you demonstrate in your book, by virtue of our baptism, that Christ is in us. We're not Mm -hmm. alone. And that brokenness inherent within us, it's not necessarily a bad thing because it keeps Christ present to us, doesn't it? You know, in my situation, isn't particularly unique. But, you know, for me, I, I tried all of the plans and schemes that I had for myself, and none of them really worked. And, you know, as a result, it all left me... um resentful, afraid, ashamed. And so really the last house, the last houses on the block, as, as many will say, you know, was 12-step recovery in the church. And I thought that this, you know, I had found this was really just a um, kind of a consolation. But what I found instead was this is where my, this is where new, this is what I was looking for the whole time. The steps and the sacramental life of the church were able to do for me slowly what alcohol, drugs, and other addictive behaviors did for me quickly. And without the unintended consequences or the um, side effects, and with a much more long-lasting uh, presence in my life. And, um, yeah, so, you know, and I took, I, I, and I really I think that one of the things that you're referring to, too, is um, just not drinking, just not using drugs, just not compulsively overeating or looking at pornography, or whatever the vice or the addiction might be, 
that's not really the solution. And I had the opportunity this morning to participate in a virtual meeting where a gentleman celebrated 39 years of sobriety from alcohol, 39 consecutive years. And one of the things that he said was, you know, I, I didn't do it. It's, I didn't get here by, by not doing stuff, i.e. not drinking. It was defined by the things that I did do. And that means that if we're going to remove something from our lives, a, a behavior or a pattern of, of acting, um, that we need to replace it with these positive reinforcing um, things. And so prayer, fellowship, um, 12-step recovery, working together one-on-one with a sponsor while also offering ourselves in service. These are just a few of the things that help us um, live a life of freedom and and get away from those um, those old patterns, those old the old stories that we've told ourselves now. And as you're alluding to, this is not, it's a challenging time to do all those things. And so we're having to get creative and, um, and accountability is a little bit lowered. So the person who is telling themselves the story that, yeah, I can just hide away in my home, my apartment, wherever it might be. Um, that person's going to, um, going to be in experiencing quite a bit of darkness unless they can find um, some way to connect with others and connect with God. Again, we're talking with Scott Weeman about his book, The Twelve Steps and the Sacraments, A Catholic Journey Through Recovery. And what's awesome about this book is that it's available. Of course, you can pick it up at any fine Catholic bookstore or online, different outlets, but you also can get it as an ebook. I mean, and available to you. Download it right now. So you don't have to wait for it to be delivered. You can get it, especially for those out there who might be having this struggle. I encourage you to do that if you need to, because inside the book, at in each chapter, Scott, I love it, because after each of these thoughts, different points in the book, after each step, essentially, you give us a prayer. And then you give mm-hmm. some really excellent questions that you can ask yourself, or maybe you ask it with a friend. Maybe you you can use this whether you're Skyping or Zooming or talking with somebody on the phone. It's It helps enter into a deeper discussion, doesn't it? Mm-hmm. Yes, I think um, those questions can help really apply the, the lessons or the the spiritual insight of, of the 12 steps. And it's the book is broken into 12 chapters, each with a, each related to one of the steps and then overlapped with the sacrament of the church. And um, and it's also the questions are intended to also be responded to by someone who may not identify as an addict, but I truly believe that the 12 steps can provide a framework of spiritual growth for anyone, even if you don't necess- even if you don't consider yourself an addict um, and create this a freedom, which just, um, yes, allows us to honestly recognize things in, the, in our lives that stand between God and others and um, and take ownership of that and live a life that is free. And getting back to how you your initial really prompted this question is that you mentioned um, the the spirituality that can come from that or or that comes from really relying on God to 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 cure us or or at least bring freedom one day at a time from our addictions has been a really a blessing for me. I you know I hear many people ex- express themselves as grateful to be an addict or an alcoholic, and at first that was very strange to me. Um, but now I, I know exactly what they're talking about. And first, in having um, having had to adapt to a set with a set of tools, um, which are now helpful in a variety of different instances, not just applied to the to our addictions, but also it. I I, I need to stay tethered to God in order to find to remain free from addiction one day at a time, 
And so my, you know, the thing that brought me to my knees is the thing that also keeps me very close to God um, on a daily basis. Now, you know, I need also the, the protection of, of the, all the, the saints, the sacraments, my fellow brothers and sisters in Christ. But um, I, I don't think I would have really been as dependent upon God in any fashion if I hadn't been brought to my knees and humbled by, by a variety of addictions. We'll return to Inside the Pages in just a moment. Did you know that you can obtain a free app which contains all your favorite Discerning Hearts programs? Father Timothy Gallagher, Dr. Anthony Lillis, Archbishop George Lucas, Father Mauritius Fildi, and so many more, including episodes from Inside the Pages, can be obtained on the Discerning Hearts free app. This also includes all the novenas and devotionals and prayers, including the Holy Rosary and Stations of the Cross, the Chaplet of St. Michael, and the Seven Sorrows of Our Lady, all available on the Discerning Hearts free app. Visit the iTunes and Google Play app stores to obtain your free Discerning Hearts app today. A Prayer of St. Ignatius of Loyola Take, Lord, and receive all my liberty, my memory, my understanding, and my entire will, all that I have and call my own. You have given all to me. To you, Lord, I return it. Everything is yours. Do with it what you will. Give me only your love and your grace. That is enough for me. Amen. Hello, my name is Deacon Omar Gutierrez, and I want to ask you to support Discerning Hearts in a special way. We, Chris McGregor, the board, and I all know that not everyone listening can help financially. We know we have listeners from all parts of the world, and we have made a commitment since the beginning to make the truths shared through Discerning Hearts totally free. So while you may not be able to contribute financially, what you can do is certainly pray, but also give us positive reviews on whatever platform you use to listen to us. If it's iTunes, Android, Stitcher, Spotify, however it is that you get these podcasts, or if you're on YouTube and you like our videos, please give us a good rating and write a review. The more good ratings and reviews we get, the higher our profile, and the more listeners will discover us, listeners who may have the means to contribute in the future. Please consider rating us and writing a positive review today. We now return to Inside the Pages. Every chapter is a gem. That's why I really want people to take a look at this. And again, I, I think it's even if you're not in recovery, this is a good book. I'm glad, so glad you said that because I think we all have something that it's like a spiritual exercise for all of mm -hmm. us, these steps. But the, one of the strongest ones is the fearless inventory. Mm -hmm. It is a honest, truthful examination of conscience. Mm -hmm. And that is good for every soul, Catholic, Protestant, Jewish, anyone. It's always a good thing. Mm -hmm. And you're listing of them in the going further section after you mm -hmm. give the outline for it and talk about it. What resentments do you carry? Make a thorough list. And how do those affect your ego, your self-worth, your pride, your personal security, financial security, relationship. I mean, these are the kind of things that 
you have the time now to sit down and really go through those. Really mm-hmm. take time with that. Would that be your suggestion? Yeah, absolutely. And um, that you're referring to the fourth step, and that's a big one. That's one where, um, you know, one, two, three, steps one, two, and three are really the introductory steps and get us into a place where we become honest, where we become willing, and and we um, and just at least give assessment to our relationship with a higher power, as the 12 steps would say, and God, as we would say, and, um, and Jesus Christ and the Holy Spirit. Sometimes that, even as Catholics, that relationship needs to be readdressed. Maybe, um, you know, maybe that God isn't big enough. And then we get into the fourth step where we're prompted to um, take a searching, fearless and thorough moral inventory of ourselves. And and that a good way to start there is by addressing those things that um, that we're very in touch with and in tune with. You know, ask me to name a list of my resentments and um, once I get going, I can get going. Now, we don't just stop there. We want to take an honest look because these are oftentimes things that we've been stuffing and, and shoving away or hiding from. At least in my case, this was very true. And so this, you know, being able to first at least identify those things and then take an honest assessment of how do they impact us. Um, that's something that we often don't even get to. We just stay at the, um, at the resentment oftentimes without even recognizing what's there. But the most important part of that is the fourth column in the um, in that inventory, if you will, which is what is what is my part in this resentment? And so we're not taking an inventory of other people's actions, but we're taking an inventory of what is our part in these resentments that we hold or these fears that we maintain. And and that gives us an opportunity to then change the one thing that we can change, which is ourselves and or our behavior attitude. Uh, and that really provides freedom. and, and recognizing that wow look at all these you know these outside factors that have had such an impact and influence on my life um i actually have some impact on either allowing those things to happen or maybe i've played a part my self-centeredness my selfishness or my ego has um created this uh, you know schism in the relationships and so that then you know leads us into profound really i think uh, moves us with the sacrament of reconciliation to then sharing that with God or another human being, we would call that confession, um, asking God to re- ask, remove whatever defects of character stand in the way of us serving him and others, and then going and healing those relationships, a full penance where in steps eight and nine, we list the persons we had harmed and become willing to make amends to them all. Yeah, and those are things that they don't have to wait. Don't wait. The Catholic life is a universal life. It encompasses your whole being, doesn't it? And mm-hmm. it, it it's how you function in the world and your relationships. And the churches may not be accessible to us right now, the actual buildings. Mm-hmm. But we didn't receive a building. We received Christ. We go back and we rely on that. And if it gets to a point when you're going through all of this, it you you can make a phone call, right? Mm-hmm. I mean, you're not isolated where if you need to talk to someone— Either call and talk to a priest or arrange an opportunity to meet with someone in a safe way, but to be able to express. Because that's part of it, isn't it? You, it's one thing to have it, it come to an awareness yourself, but there, it's almost twofold. You have to turn towards God. You have to turn towards Christ and relate to him. But then you really do need to make the effort to relate to others, don't you? Mm-hmm. Absolutely. 
I think there's this tendency for many who get into recovery, either the person who is the addict, alcoholic, however you define yourself, or the family member of those of them. Now, let's also remember that addiction is a family disease, I truly believe, and it impacts the behavior of everyone in the family. And, and so many, whether the addict or the family member themselves, will oftentimes have this idea, and I think it's rooted in some pride and ego, that my situation is, is, is certainly unique. Um, you know, I have this unique set of circumstances that, you know, your solution, great, it works for you, but it's, it's my, I'm, I'm complex. It may not work for me. And, um, and we take this idea that we're terminally unique, I've heard this uh, shared before. And that can really be uh, damaging because it keeps us distant. It keeps us separate from, from other people and from um, this, you know, turning, seeking God. Um, you know, really, truly the, the program, a program of recovery, whether it's from addiction or whether it's from sin or whatever it might be, is not, it's not a complex program. It's rather simple. Now, it's not easy, simple, but not easy. Um, but we want to be able to adapt and develop a set of spiritual tools. And those tools include, you, you, just like you mentioned, prayer and relationship with God. Um, it means communion and communication and connection with other with other Christians or not just our fellow brothers and sisters. Um, and a variety of other things, being able to really, you know, set ourselves. You're right. You, you mentioned the, the, the holistic nature of, of our faith and of recovery. And, and that's what we want to tap into. Um, to create a new a new way of life and and really um, it's it's a beautiful thing to be able to see that happen in, in people and we may not be able to go through the church doors mm-hmm. at, as freely as we used to however it doesn't mean that the catholic life we've been initiated into is diminished if anything it, it's it's even more relevant more important than ever before isn't it mm-hmm. yeah and i think it's been encouraging to see, you know, the, you, the church doors are closed, but how many domestic churches, how many domestic churches are now open? And uh, the, when we're, when we have, you know, when, when something is taken away from us first, I think we can appreciate the value that it has in our lives. And um, it allows us to get creative to, to seek um, the spiritual food that, that we, that we need and crave so much, you know, too often we seek so many other different things to fill us of that spiritual hunger but there are many opportunities whether it's um in an, as an individual or as a family um, for us to create and maintain relationship and to get creative in, in that pursuit as well and um that i think during these times will be honored and and will certainly um, benefit as well i wish we had more time i really do but in closing this i i hope that we can this opens the door to further conversations with you, Scott, because I think this is an important work, really, the 12 steps in the sacraments, the Catholic journey through recovery. In the meantime, what would be your final thoughts on this? Yeah, well, I want to share first that just because doors to the church doors are closed and recovery rooms are closed, there's still a lot going on virtually. And even though, you know, it may not be the best solution, it's still in the present um, a, a great solution or um, at least alternative to in-person gathering. And so we have a variety of um, meetings available for individuals and family members impacted by addiction. Um, you can find a list of virtual meetings, which happen Monday through Saturday at catholicandrecovery.com. And so I wouldn't, I would strongly allow that to, to be also a catalyst for whatever personal reflection we're using this time for and to alleviate the, um, the challenges of isolation. 
but really hope yeah hope is is a is a crucial thing during this time Catholic in recovery is the nonprofit organization that Scott is the founder and executive director. It's your purpose is to help those who are suffering with addictions. Dare I say you would be open also to family members and significant others who are journeying with others and are trying to help them during this particular period. Is that an outreach that you'd be open to as well to those people? Yes, and we are. And so we have throughout the week, a variety of general recovery meetings, which are available for those impacted by any type of addiction. And then we also have groups available for family members, specific to family members in um, working their own recovery program. And and it doesn't have, you know, a family member doesn't have to wait for their loved one to get sober in order for, for them to find freedom and happiness in life. Life in an alcoholic or an addicted home um, impacts everybody. And, um, and it can create a lot of confusion, chaos, um, inconsistency. And so there is a program of, of, of available for those family members, even if their loved ones don't even see the problem or are stuck in denial. Um, there are certain tools, and really the 12 steps can, is adapted for family members to find their own freedom, even in the midst of um, the family you know, crisis and challenges. So I um, certainly want to encourage anyone whose uh, loved one is struggling with addiction not to not to try to you know to not to try to talk their loved one into them attending a meeting, but for the family member themselves to attend a meeting and align with other people who are in a similar position, where they can find hope, where they can find some helpful tools to get to to um, find peace and freedom on a day to day basis. Oh, amen. Let that be for all of us. <laughs> mm-hmm. Uh, mm-hmm. Again, the the website is give us this website one more time. Yeah, CatholicInRecovery.com. Oh, that's easy enough. Scott, Mm -hmm. thank you so much, and I hope we get to talk again soon. Yeah, this is really a pleasure. Thank you. With Scott Weeman, we've gone inside the pages of The Twelve Steps and the Sacraments, A Catholic Journey Through Recovery. To learn more about this book or to obtain a copy, go to AveMariaPress.com, the website for its publisher, Ave Maria Press, or you can find it at any fine Catholic bookstore. To learn more about Catholic in Recovery, go to its website, catholicinrecovery.com. This has been a production of Discerning Hearts. I'm your host, Chris McGregor. We hope that if this has been helpful for you, that you will first pray for our mission. And if you feel us worthy, consider a charitable donation, which is fully tax-deductible, to help support our efforts. But most of all, we hope that you will tell a friend about discerninghearts.com and join us next time for Inside the Pages insights from today's most compelling authors.